We all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical mental suit, my physical as well as my mental suit fitness. Coffee time. Step up or stand aside. Welcome to the Amokan Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power. I'm Jason Floyd, and on this special episode of the Hour of Power, we welcome back guest Garrett Ennis. As always, uh, Laura Eaton is uh, co-hosting. She's got a massive stack of stuff this week. But this week we pause to remember 9-11, the 20th anniversary of that. And we're going to be talking about some of the things that led up to a 20-year period of conflict in the Middle East and a rather abrupt and unexpected uh, way that we withdrew from that place. Um, Also, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about the future and what it holds because this week our president declared war on you. Yes, you. If you uh, have a medical reason for not getting the COVID vaccine or shot, um, you're the problem. Did you know that? You're the problem. Uh, the, the, The high cost of gas... Uh, the shortness of supply of goods and services, Uh, the continuous lockdowns, face masking in schools. That's all your fault. The president has declared war on you. How do you feel about that? Well, Garrett, with that intro, welcome back. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Glad to be here. Yeah, I don't feel good about that. Why not? Why? Because uh, I thought we lived in a free country where we had freedom of uh, movement and freedom of choice. Oh, you poor uh, deluded sheeple. And... uh, (laughs) This is like the land of the free and home of the brave. Welcome to the Matrix. <laughs> right. I've been red-pilled. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Garrett and I had a conversation last week, and he challenged me on some of my uh, thoughts about 9-11. And, you know, oftentimes it's easy just to stick your head in the sand and buy into a narrative and say, you know, that's good enough for me because I don't have enough emotional energy or interest or time to pursue any further inquiry. But if the current crisis with the uh, how many week lockdown were we supposed to be in? I think it was two weeks, right? Two weeks, yes, yes. Now entering, uh, uh, you know, forever. Flat Um, curve. Yes, yes. The curve. I don't know how flat that curve's got to be, but um, obviously the curve has not gotten flatter. There's, they say, there's 300 percent more infection Mm -hmm. rate than last year. Now that we have 75 percent or so of our population. so-called vaccinated and um, it doesn't seem to be working but uh, don't forget it's your fault question everything and that's what uh, Garrett uh, was talking to me about and uh, you heard a little bit from him in a previous episode about his journey into conservatism and where that all started with the movie Fahrenheit 9-11 which was produced by Michael Moore the infamous Michael Moore, who hates guns but has bodyguards <laughs> that don't register their firearms uh, and lives in a secure building and kind of looks like an overfed Twinkie. But anyway, <laughs> we're not going to do any character assassination that doesn't need to happen. Right. Go ahead, Garrett. Jump yeah. in. Let's talk about 9-11. Yeah, he also praised how Biden, uh, the administration did on the oh, pull, yeah, he, he uh, pull out of Afghanistan. He oh. said it's been it's great. Very Beautiful. smooth. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, right. Smooth. <laughs> I don't know what kind of Kool-Aid he's drinking, but... The only th- smooth <clears throat> thing is probably his morning movement. <laughs> Maybe not even that. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, no, this is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And, you know, it's it's about time that we did get out, get out of Afghanistan. Uh, I was never really for invading Afghanistan. I was never really for invading uh, Iraq. Like, why do we invade Iraq? It was, you know, we we're supposed to be going after Osama bin Laden, and he was in Afghanistan, right? So the cost of this war, this 20, this is, I think, the longest time longest amount of years that we've been in conflict with another country right so let me just go through some of these because i pulled these numbers out of a report that was um brown university it was called the costs of war and uh this involves afghanistan pakistan iraq syria isis yemen and and other like smaller kind of uh countries that uh, had to uh deal with some of the the invasion that we've had now 
um, this report I had to look it up recently, and it's it's a lot more. Or it's no, I think I got the current numbers. Anyways, we got about seven thousand plus U.S. military deaths, eight thousand plus U.S. contractor deaths, uh, two hundred five to two hundred eight thousand national military and police died. So that's the uh, the folks that were you know the Afghans, the people that we had uh, trained, um, three hundred sixty four to three hundred eighty seven thousand Allied troops. Um, What was that? No, I got that wrong. Sorry, that's th a different number. So, no, 364 uh, to 387,000 uh, deaths for civilians. Okay. Civilians. Uh, 297 to 301,000 opposition fighters, uh, 680 journalists and media, and 892 uh, humanitarian and NGO uh, uh, people that have died. So, in total, we've got about nearly a million. So, 897 to 929,000 deaths total. For our, a 20-year occupation that I don't think that we should have been involved with to begin with. Now, going to what 9-11 is, and, and uh, that was pretty much the reason why we invaded these countries, uh, was under this pretense that we got attacked by uh, terrorists. I don't know how many. It was like 19 or something. Hijacked planes. They flew them to the towers. They flew them to uh, the Pentagon. <clears throat> so, I want to talk about the tower that fell but was not hit by a plane. Okay, and that's World Trade Center 7. So Building 7 collapsed upon itself in seven seconds, basically speed of gravity. It completely imploded upon itself, wasn't hit by a plane. It had a few uh, floors that are, were on fire because of the debris from the other towers that hit it. But besides that, that was all. And, it, so, it, and so it had that, and later on that evening, it collapsed upon itself which the owner, uh, Larry Silverstein at the time, he had just bought these buildings and he had just uh, got insurance to include uh, acts of terror. He had said on camera, <clears throat> you can find this on anywhere, on YouTube or wherever online, and he's, he's quoted as saying um, that due to all the deaths uh, that had already occurred, um, he, he made the decision to pull it. And, and then they eventually, you know, they saw the, the, the tower fall after that. And so, you know, the term pull it is usually used in demolition right <clears throat> so there's a group called the architects and engineers for 9-11 truth and that's um they've basically signed on uh to a movement to educate people to say that the science isn't settled with this and, and there's tons of evidence that points to actual demolition of that building and of course you can also look at the two towers that went down and so the evidence points to a demolition so in order to get a demolition done of that size and that magnitude, there would have had to have been some people involved with getting the building set up prior to that event, which was apparently a surprise attack. So for that to happen on our watch during the Bush administration, something, you know, and they, they've been saying inside job, 9-11 truth. And, you know, when you challenge a worldview... There's, there's something that's called cognitive dissonance. So when you start to present evidence that goes against your worldview, you it's cognitive dissonance, you shut down, you, you, you don't want to listen to that. But these guys are saying the smoking gun is, is, is true, uh, Building 7. You know, it was built in the 80s, it was built to code, it fell in 7 seconds, it had only a few for, uh, floor fires. And uh, we can look at historical steel frame buildings, like the Interstate Bank Building in L.A., uh, the 1988 it burned, uh, there was like four fires, uh, or four floors, sorry. Uh, it burned for four hours. It still stood. You know, another big one was 1991, the Meridian Bank. Uh, I think it was in Philadelphia. Uh, it was a 38-story building. 18 hours it burned. It didn't collapse upon itself. There was another one uh, in uh, uh, Madrid, Spain, 2005, 32-story building. Uh, it was called the, uh, the Windsor Building. It burned for two days, it was, and at one point it was completely engulfed in flames. It still stood. A lot of these steel structures are built by engineers and architects to withstand planes hitting them. For instance, there was a uh, Empire, the Empire State Building was in 1945 struck by a B-52 bomber, and it exploded, engulfing uh, uh, the 79th floor. It still stood, right? So, so now I kind of want to talk to some of the evidence of of this. So, so why? Um, was the steel sold off. We, we, we sold it off to China to be uh, recycled. So all the evidence 
of all that material was not allowed to be investigated. So, I mean, it was a, cr- it was a crime scene, but yet nobody was allowed to investigate, which would be standard protocol uh, for something like this. Um, people that are in that field of study, engineers, scientists. Kind of like uh, animal testing of vaccines before <laughs> given to people. Yeah, right. a, that's yeah. a standard, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. wait. Those don't apply. Yeah, no, they don't apply anymore. Not not in the new world, brave new world here. No. So, you know, uh, you know, NIST, they even said in the report, they said that uh, there was no evidence of explosives. Who's NIST? NIST is the National Institute of Science and Technology. Okay. So they're the official government entity that gave the official investigation but you know what when asked if they actually investigated for evidence of explosives they said they didn't even investigate so Mm. it's like well yeah no wonder you didn't find any evidence of explosive you know but people that were able to uh uh, sample the soil or not so uh, the uh, the dust that was spread all over that area in almost every sample that you could find there was little samples of of, uh what was called um spherical um iron and some of these were were like microscopic but some of them were like you know maybe a tenth of an inch or something like that so there was these spherical iron uh found inside of the dust so that basically leads to that means steel was melted and even in some of the video footage you can see at one point where you got molten red hot steel being uh, being poured from the building before it collapsed and this is up towards the top where the plane hit you know got you got to figure it you know people say it's always the jet fuel it weakened the structure jet fuel burns pretty quickly and it it basically burned up within 10 minutes of that plane hitting the building and so and then the, the official nist explanation of why these buildings collapsed was that the uh, steel structure had uh, weakened because of the burning fires um and then, if that were true, it would have collapsed, but not the way it did in its own footprint. It would have gone, maybe, uh, like a part of the building would have fell over, you know. But the base of the building, how did the base of the building, how did it completely implode upon itself and into powder? It was pulverized, you know. And you can see these little, they call them squibs in demolition. You know, I know Jesse Ventura had brought this up, and he was, he was, a, he was a Navy SEAL, and he was actually a demolition expert. And you, you can talk to other demolition experts. You can see these pum, these plumes of smoke just being uh, pushed out of the building in slow motion. If you look at the video, as it's as it's collapsing, and then you got these huge steel um, beams being thrown out of the building, like upwards of seventy miles per hour, up to like I don't know, like a football or two football fields away from the building. What kind of force do you need in order to explode those out from within? You know, and there's just there's so much evidence and that points to uh, uh, demolition. So I want to pause for a minute because I think that, you know, for many, the memories of 9-11 are still pretty raw. You know, this this new generation that has grown up in the last 20 years doesn't really doesn't really remember what it was like to wake up that morning and see the news and and see the the planes hit the towers and then see the plane the, the wreckage at the Pentagon and uh and then the other downed uh plane I think it was in Pennsylvania and wake up to the horror that so much loss of life had just happened and um a lot of decisions were made based on those images and and those those actions patriot and that act. yeah and 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 those the, the, and and so the patriot act was one of those things that came along but obviously the war and um that that ensued after um first into iraq and then later into afghanistan and then other points around the globe and the complete mobilization of an economy and an a military industrial complex transnational military industri- industrial complex um, the destabilization of regions and currencies uh, all, all those things and in the midst of it regular Americans friends neighbors sons daughters I have a brother who served during the war I have a sister who served during the war 
thrust into the middle of it and asked by their country to represent and put it all on the line based on some established premise that this clear and present danger and this this uh, this global threat uh, existed. Now, I'm not arguing that it didn't exist. I think that, um, you know, there's a, a saying that uh, you never let a, a good disaster go to waste. Well, if you're in the position to know things before they happen, if you are part of a community that gathers, collects, analyzes, and responds to intelligence, and you have models predicting a certain threat and where it's going to emerge and how it's going to grow and metastasize, and you're an evil person, you could put into play a strategy for capitalizing on that event and making a lot of money. And so some people might be put off by the idea that 9-11 wasn't as cut and dried as just some terrorists flying planes into buildings and that there was this deeper potential conspiracy. And I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of the human sacrifice and the bravery of our troops and, and first uh, responders and first responders and the honor with which they served because because as we saw this week we are blowing in the winds of an overly powerful unresponsive government that has lost its way where did it start to lose its way? When did, when, did, uh, when did it feel confident that it no longer answered to the American people and could do whatever it wanted with impunity? And I think, uh, you know, for, for Garrett, as he talked about previously, his sort of political awakening was after the Fahrenheit 9-11 movie so, which which basically outlined this vast conspiracy but maybe as you know garrett had this political awakening maybe what if you think about you know these these organizations had their own awakening in which they saw the gathering power if you were a member of the cia and all of a sudden this offered you an opportunity to expand your reach what about the fbi expanding their reach I didn't realize it, but when uh, George Bush created the Homeland Security Administration, he took in ICE, you know, in, in the, you know, the customs organization, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and it, I didn't realize that, you know, what has happened now, it's really changed from what its original mission was. It's become very politicized and very militarized. And we don't notice this because you don't. How, how many people interact with ICE? Yeah, I'm not immigrating to the United States. I'm already here. Well, but we see what they've done. We see what they've done. Look at how they've been allowed to open our border. And because they've come under a different organization and they actually have a different mission. You know, at one time I would have maybe have trusted the FBI. I don't think I would trust any of that. And I'm not saying I'm not really a great conspiracy theorist. I believe in the. Uh, you know, stupidity works a lot of times, <laughs> you know, just because people in their ignorance or, or they're, uh, you know, conspiring, not conspiring to be evil, but just because their own self-interest. Yeah. You know, if you're, the, if you're the FBI director, hey, I would grab as much power as I could, you know. Don't you think so, Garrett? Well, yeah, and a lot of these uh, organizations, they're compartmentalized. Yeah. So you, you yes. have, like, uh, these, you know, top level top brass mm -hmm. folks you know it doesn't take a whole lot oh, of no. uh, um you know people say conspiracy theory but it's like you know um i think that things. term's actually used to to <clears throat> debunk and and marginalize people yeah. who question and well and it's I a think, cia tactic actually. well and we have to we have to be we need to wake up and we need to recognize that anytime that somebody tells you you shouldn't question. That's probably when you should start asking more questions. Right. Yeah. 
It's very important. But that is a CIA tactic. That's actually after JFK got assassinated. That's where that term came from. Mm-hmm. The conspiracy theorist term actually was coined and used, and uh, I think it's been declassified now as a CIA tactic uh, in the uh, to discredit to it's it's it's, it's a uh, Pro uh, uh, type of tactic. Well, so, they, they do the same thing with uh, UFO sightings. Yeah. You right. know, it's I mean, like, oh, you're just a wacky kook. Yeah, and now, you know, and, and now all of a sudden, and, and you create great entertaining radio yeah. late at night, George Norrie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who you was know? before George Norrie? Uh, uh, Art Bell. Art Bell. Oh, yeah. See, I yes. know these things because I was an avid listener. Yeah. I used to listen and, to and, too. and and yeah. and I'm guilty of still listening. So I find it, I find a lot of UFO stuff very fascinating. But now recently, they've actually had to say they had to admit because of all the leaking of all the videos that they've got uh, uh, of military. Uh, actually seeing these these objects, what do they call them now? Not UFOs, they're called uh, a- UAVs now. What is that? Uh, unmanned aerial vehicles or something oh. like that, right? right. Anyways. Drones. They're, they're, yeah, right, drones. Yeah, drones that can like go like just insane speeds and then completely stop and go the other direction and then disappear. Right, yeah. Anyways, I think so I'm pretty the sure recently they've the had to. Down? <laughs> there we go. Independence Day, right? <laughs> no, not, no, not to make not light of enough. a na- national no. tragedy, but but really, you know, we do need to we need to ask these deeper questions because, you know, um, and well. and and to to what extent? I mean, really, watching Joe Biden and his declining health, menta- mentally and physically, yeah. you have to wonder who's running the show. And and uh, you know, a lot of people will admit that George Bush wasn't the sharpest tool in the box. <laughs> So who was running the show? Right. Was it Dick Cheney? Yeah. I mean, who who was running the show? Was it the was it the deep state? The deep state. Well, what is the deep state? Well, that's been that's been trivialized as a term that's only used by the right. But was it this? Was it this? Cabal. Was it this uh, intelligence industrial community? Intelligence military. Yeah, sure. And it's, you know, Dwight D. Eisenhower warned the, the the American people on his way out, saying that you know that there are powers that exist and will persist. Military you know, the, he, taught, he he was the one that termed the military industrial complex. And we, you have to so have the intelligence. We got the intelligence, and now you, you get, got the intelligence. We well, could even and say congressional did, in, in, in there and, as and well. What, and what was I remember right after nine eleven? You know, that was and they were doing the nine eleven inquiries and stuff, and they were talking about why, how how did this happen? How did we let this happen? And you know, and the big the big outcome was well, um, nobody was coordinated. The intelligence organizations, or like six of them, or whatever, weren't sharing information with each other, and they were compartmentalized to the point where, when they're also doing one, drills, when when too. one group had uh, information, the other one didn't, and and that was why all of this went through their radar. But now you have to look back and you have to question and say, really, was that just just a bunch of doublespeak? Because maybe it was much more organized, and mm-hmm. it's sort of like the illusionist makes you look at one thing while he does something with the other it, hand. Yeah. You know, it. Um, it, it, it it could be a combination of both because I know Loretta, you know, Loretta likes the stupid people. I, I I'm I'm an advocate for just stupid, <laughs> quite frankly. You know, not ignorant, but just just stupid. You know, they they in their own they they navel gaze too much. They they worry about um, you know where they're going next on their vacation and uh, how they can expand and write more memos and. Uh, you have to admit they're not very smart because they actually text each other what they're doing and they keep a record of what they're doing what was the the, the see see the, i'm 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 more of the opinion that that it's not stupidity that makes them do that but rather it's arrogance that that it's uh this this understanding the rest of us yes. hubris the, yeah, yeah, yeah hubris. Better, the, the yeah. rest of us, the yeah, rest of us, still believe in old-fashioned mm-hmm. ideas like yeah. equal protection under the law yeah. and the rule of law. Yeah. But they've seen behind the veil, and they are coming from a different perspective. That, well, the law is a subjective thing, and it depends yeah. on who you are and who you're connected with, and how much money you have, and what kind of influence and power you wield. And and really, the the law is just a a tool to be shaped and bent and used to your your, your own ends, and that. That if you're connected enough, and if you're if you're well enough informed, and you've and you've been given that privilege to see behind the veil, that now you don't have to follow the law. That's for all the plebs. That's for all the all the little people. All of the all of the rule followers. I think George Carlin put it well when he said that it's one big club and you ain't invited. <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> you're missing the uh, the Carlin cigarette. 
Ah, uh, was it? Did, no, 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 it wasn't Carlin. No, what no, was that, the, you're talking about George Burns, uh, yeah, George, and he had the cigar. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, I, I'm talking about the other guy. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Mm. Big in the '80s. Um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> smoked like a dragon. Smoked insane. Yeah, I yeah, insane. About. Okay, I think and, insane. and he spoke like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm sorry, uh, partner. You, your name has been lost to obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to Google that. <laughs> We're gonna ask Google the Oracle. It. Ask the Oracle. Uh, the Oracle's located in my navel, if you wanted to know. Um, <laughs> that's why I've been doing so much navel gazing lately. <laughs> uh, but you're not allowed. So, um, so where do we go? I mean, what, it, let's talk about the Patriot Act. Yeah, you know what? There were so many different uh, programs that were put into play that after that. It almost they were like actually, I think it was already ready to be done. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, they we, had had we got the Patriot Act, we had the Military Commissions Act. Uh, that's when the Department of Homeland Security was at, mm-hmm. uh, was formed. The TSA. Who loves the TSA? Oh, gotta love the TSA. You know, what? every time I go through the TSA, there's this little clip that plays in my brain from the old 80s movie called Airplane. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah, of course. They throw grandma up against the wall. Yeah, Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. They throw grandma up against the wall. They're doing a full, like, almost a strip search. You know, pat down everything. (laughs) Meanwhile, there's this Lebanese guy in a turban walking past them behind him with a large rocket on his shoulder. I remember that scene. You know? <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and, and recently yeah. in the news, you know, they, they talked about this this uh, this audit of the T- TSA, and they said there was something like 100 infractions yeah. or something where people got contraband through oh. through all their all their checkpoints and wow. stuff. And, They're, you know, it's so much theater. It's yeah. so much theater. They, they um, miss almost, uh, it's almost 50% of... Yeah, they miss almost 50% of, of what oh. they're supposed to catch. Haven't, haven't they done, like, a actual, st- not, like, studies, but, like, they've yeah. put in, like, some sort, because they wanted to see, like, uh, yeah, how, how well they do. Yeah, they test their system. They test, yeah, they test it. Yeah. Yeah. And they that's fail they, miserably. Yeah. figured it out. Right. They but, but, but no, nothing ever changes no. that we know right. about. Right. And they continue to fail, but we continue to be subjected to bodily searches and scans. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. because it's all theater. Yeah. It's yep. it, as long as we be as long as we maintain uh, our 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 status as rule followers, they yep. maintain control. And this was something that came out in the in the news, uh, uh, not news, but uh, alternative media. I was listening to some some different folks. There's a guy named Jesse Kelly. I'm really really digging on. He's uh, he's actually he's actually pretty bold in some of his statements right now. But um, he was talking about the rise of Nazi Germany. And he and he and he said something along the lines of, you know, the Germans didn't wake up one day and said, saying to themselves, you know, let's eradicate the Jewish people. No, it was a progression. Now right. it was a very rapid progression of about six years' time. But do you think that six years before the rise of and, and full might of Nazi Germany, the average Joe would have said, you know, I'm going to slap a swastika on my shoulder and I'm going to go out and round up people and herd them into a camp and burn them in ovens? Right. No, right. they didn't. But they were rule followers. The Germans are precise. <laughs> yeah. They're very analytical as, as a culture. They're, they're, they're very uh, structured and ordered, and they follow the rules. And it was when Hitler came in, and, and you brought up the Reichstag burning. You know, talk, yeah. uh, talk a little bit about that, because, because it set into motion mm-hmm. yeah. a whole series of events that resulted in total tyranny. Right. And it was during a time of economic collapse. We, got, we, I think that's paramount at that time, yeah. because when people don't have something to do, they don't have a job. They found out that their money is hardly worth anything anymore, and they can't even buy like a loaf of bread with like a wheelbarrow of of, of money. You know, uh, so when when that happens, then people get desperate, and and this is when this is when it's much easier to start getting uh, to find your side. You know, and and this is this well, is that's, well, it's helpful, that's exactly it's helpful when, when the, the government the tells you who the enemy is. Exactly. You know, sure. in in in, sure. in Hitler's case, it was the Jewish people, yeah. and then the homosexuals, mm-hmm. and the artists, and the mm-hmm. poets, and the you know everybody else. Well, yeah. and it started with the Jews, but yeah. but we can look at Biden's comments this week, and he's done that. Sure. We have we've we have now breached a threshold in American politics that has never been breached before, where a president points to a very large segment of the population, still yet a minority of the population, and said, The reason for all of your suffering, the reason for this economic turmoil, the reason for the government shutdowns, the masking, uh, all of the problems with your kids, all of the, the, the pain you're feeling in your pocketbook, it's their fault. Right. Those unvaccinated. The, and the, you know what? Unwashed. We've lost our patience with you. Mm-hmm. 
And those governors, those activist governors that are going to resist this, we're going to we're going to work at, we're we're going to we're going to deal with you. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. We're going to deal. He he just declared war on the United States. On on sovereign states. On sovereign states. He declared war on any governor who stands against his tyrannical edicts and basically said we are going to deal with you, and next we're dealing with the unvaccinated. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. It's the pandemic of the unvaccinated, supposedly, right? So this is where patriots need to draw lines, right? And this is where I think we in Alaska, we're very independent uh, people in general. At least, you know, we have a very uh, good history of the pioneers that came and, and, and you know, developed this land. It's but harder a, but to another, live here. But another issue that, unfortunately for our state is that we're very dependent upon federal mm-hmm. money Completely. coming into Completely. This, in this state. Yes. And that is a big issue. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have, have a ton of resources up here, but we're so if dependent. The, if the feds will let us access them. Well, that's true. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there, there's that caveat. There is that. They, yeah. they, they never, they never fully, they, 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 they never, uh, they never met their end of the deal after the statehood act with releasing control of our lands and resources. But that's why they keep giving Alaskans money because you now have a, a not a, a majority, but quite a few people that live here that really have bought into, we don't need to develop our resources. So so you, you just keyed into something important. I know that when we were discussing your stack of stuff earlier, yeah. you had a, an article. Can Americans be bought? Can can your... your, your um, Love of liberty and freedom be p- bought, and what at what price are you willing to give those things well, up? Well, obviously, in Alaska, the the original price in 2020 was three hundred and thirty thousand dollars per COVID case, or three three hundred and two, I think. It was three hundred and two thousand. I'm sorry. Two, yeah, three hundred and two thousand dollars. Three hundred and two. That's what the feds paid the state yeah. to buy into yeah, the, not, the not the not, craziness. Yeah, but hundred thousand, hundred thousand. This is not like three dollars and two cents. This is three hundred thousand, three hundred and two thousand per, per COVID, COVID case. case. That's that what was the, the feds paid through the original to, CARES Act to the state. But the first tranche of money. That's, that was the that's first why when people were murdered in the bush, of money, their death was mm-hmm. listed as COVID rather than being murdered. Yes, and and we and and I'm yes. not being obscure and no. using hyperbole. No. I know of a very specific case where this occurred. And there's also other rounds of money that go. I mean, there's on a, uh, the Alaska Public dot org. Uh, there's the CARE Act has eight million, eight billion dollars set aside for tribal entities. With a B, billion. Billion with a B. And what was the payout per shareholder? Well, it depends. For, for the, the very, the, 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 I, was the it you or tribes? April that was telling me? No, one of the tribes here got um, enough to distribute twenty two thousand dollars per. A tribal member per tribal member, and some didn't and the actually the whole article you know it's really funny how they, they i would ask my alaskan native brothers yeah. and sisters out there because we're all alaskans yeah um if you got your check yeah did you get your yeah. check if you didn't get yeah. your check i think i would be angrily down there yeah. banging on the door of the ceo saying hey i got yeah. the jab where's my money yeah because if you don't have your twenty two thousand dollars Somebody sold you a bunch of shiny yeah. beads. And I, and I actually just found today in Becker's Hospital Review that there's a, segular, a, a, a bunch of money, and it's in the billions. It's in the hundreds of billions. Th- that's with a B. With a B that's set aside for hospitals. And they've divided it up according to rural hospitals get some, and they've got all these categories. So, yes, the American people have been bought. We've been fleeced. They've been fleeced. We've been fleeced, and you know, people have been paid off. And, and, and now, yeah. now these major corporations are being told by Biden, if you want to do business with the federal government, or screw yeah. that, if you... If you have 100 employees or more, so if you want to do business with us, you're all going to get the jab. Aside from that, if you don't want to do business with us, but you have 100 employees or more, you're still, you're still, you're still uh, out of luck because we're going to sick OSHA on you. And you're going to have to vaccinate or OSHA is going to come and fine you. We're going, to, we're going to mandate things through regulation. These are not laws, by the way. These are just arbitrarily made up fines and fees by an administration drunk with power. OSHA will become the new Gestapo, right? Well, they're already the, the Gestapo. They're all, yeah. they, they, they've been the Gestapo for a long time. They just haven't. They've been underground. 
Yeah, and if you know, there's people willing to take that that money. You know, they're they're willing to do whatever needs to be done. What's right? the price of so, your soul? Yeah, well, because some people I mean, will we're drink fighting, the Kool-Aid. Well, though, we're fighting for the soul of this country, and so America, America. You know, we we've we've talked about the election results from last year, and um and and we've talked about the word coup d'état, and um how it seems like there's a well orchestrated plan and a well oiled machine that is rapidly doing what many on the left now unabashedly call the great reset. Yeah. And and they're using this medical tyranny to grab all the power they can. They will never stop until we stop them. It, a lot of this is really obvious if you're if you're paying attention. I mean you can almost see like it coming. It's just like it, it's like wow this is what they're gonna do. This is how it's going to happen. You can see the slogans, Build Back Better. I mean, it was it was crazy that the Biden, uh, when he was running for president, that he that they were using that, that term, Build Back Better, which was the same exact slogan that was used by the uh, WE, uh, the World Economic Forum. Yeah, the, World WEF. Which was the Klaus right. Schwab thing, right? Yeah. So right. they were using yeah. the same exact yeah. words, Build yeah. Back Better. What does that mean, yeah. right? It's like Obama's, like, uh, you know... Uh, change what is it uh, right hope and change hope and, hope and change. change yeah well they're, they're gonna change the country all right yeah. and uh it's, we just it's, hope we don't get steamrolled in the process <clears throat> you know and it's just it's an ongoing uh like you said it's like an ongoing uh pernicious well let's plan let's almost. let's start promoting a new slogan and this is this is a warning this is this is a warning to all of you would-be leaders in our community, our local community. Uh, you you people who jump on the city council and get drunk with the little tiny infinitesimal piece of power you get, and decide to start m- passing edicts on local businesses and and households and uh, step up or step aside. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Or you're going to get stepped on. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Really step up. Because you are not as insulated as you believe. You are not as uh, uh, without uh, negative repercussions as you believe. Because there is a great awakening happening in our community. Yeah, more and more people are getting frustrated, and especially with this whole medical tyranny, or kind of what like Charlie Kirk had pointed out as, as a medical apartheid. And uh, this is part of the reason why I'm doing this this event that we're trying to get going on the 19th next Sunday, two o'clock. We need people to show up in numbers, spread the word. There's a Facebook event page, and it's going to be uh, d dash day dot sorry d Please check that that's, out. That's that's going to be site. Yeah. <clears throat> that's on a Facebook yeah. event, but it's a nationwide uh, right. uh, event. Uh, that's sponsored by uh, primarily uh, a person in uh, Phoenix, I believe. And there's 27 cities so far that are going to be doing this on the 18th or the 19th. But we're gonna, I decided we're going to do it on the 19th of Sunday after church, you know, after people have done their errands. But it, the whole idea of this is to get people to show up in numbers. We're going to have a, a, a few folks speak, and I, I could probably have Jason talk to about who's going to be coming down to talk. But then also uh, we're going to have signs made. And we're going to march over to City Hall and put our, our medical... Liberty declaration. Uh, declaration on the city hall building and let these people know. Let these people know that like, our like Martin Luther and his ninety nine theses. Exactly, you know, it, exactly. We may not use a tree nail to put you know to <laughs> nail it to the glass door, but uh, duct tape. <laughs> duct tape. Yes, the next best uh, maybe gorilla tape. Yeah, there we'll go. use some gorilla tape and put it on the uh, the the, the window. Yeah, you know, put something with some power behind it. But, um, you know, th- yeah, so, so we do have uh, a lineup of guests that is growing. Um, we've invited uh, a number of conservative, outspoken conservative leaders in our, in our legislature to attend. We uh, currently have uh, three tentative confirmations, one from uh, Representative Gillum, who is a local uh, House representative for District 30. Um, he may have a conflict, he told me, but in, in that case, we're expecting a, a written statement from him. Uh, Representatives Kirka and Eastman, the dynamic duo from Wasilla and Palmer area, are going to be coming down, um, uh, probably carpooling together, uh, and uh, talking to uh, Laura Reinbold's staff. You know, interestingly enough, Laura Reinbold was the only one with cojones. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know Spanish, you can look that up. This is a family show. Uh, But um, she was the only one actively pushing back against mandates and the closure of our, the people's house in the, the capital and uh and our local senator peter machiki silenced her oh, and nice. marginalized her all while 
making this, uh, you know, the optics of him being very concerned for everybody's health to the point where he wore a mask whenever there was a camera, uh, a public camera present. Right. I have pictures of him, however, without a mask on at the height of the lockdown of the Capitol in the well of the Senate with a group of folks from the peninsula without a mask on. And he instructed everybody taking a picture. This doesn't leave this room. Well, Peter, it left the room. I'm calling you out. Yeah, you get it. You're a hypocrite. And we need to call, uh, hold these people accountable. Yes. And, and anybody who, who wants to say one thing and do another, don't run for office. Either step up or step aside. Um, we also have uh, invited Representative Vance from Homer, Representative Carpenter from Nikiski. Uh, M- Mayor Charlie Pierce is tentatively scheduled for the podcast next week. We're also working to get a frontline doctor here locally who's prescribing ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to come in and talk about all of the attacks that she has been uh, receiving for her willingness to provide people treatment options before they get sick or really sick. And uh, she's had a full court press of people trying to get her license taken away and a number of things. And so we're hoping to have her on the same time that Charlie's on to kind of support what Charlie's been endorsing, this idea that we still live in a free country and we should be allowed free access to approved medications. And they should not decide to change the definition whenever they want to. This is a segue for Loretta because she has some startling news that uh, just... um, you may not have noticed, but it came out to, uh, this week. Go ahead, Loretta. Well, they've, uh, the CDC has redefined uh, what a vaccine is. So did they meet with the board of Merriam-Webster Dictionary and, mm, and all the scholars to... No, I think they met with... I think they met with their board of CYA, oh. you know, and uh, they, they, they've made... That's the a cover your afterburner, right? Afterburner, yes, right. definitely, because if you can't... Um, you have to redefine, I guess we're in the place right now where we're trying to redefine reality so it meets what their reality is, even though our reality is not what their reality is. But this meets with what their reality Pretty is. Pretty soon firemen won't put out fires, they'll set them. Well, yeah, and then we'll just, yeah, okay, yeah, don't want to go there, don't want to go Fahrenheit there. Fahrenheit 451. Yeah, but That's they right. they actually have, and it, it's, uh, this, uh, this is a, a snippet from, Someone has posted on a website uh, for the CDC until 2015, the uh, vaccination was an injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to prevent the disease. August 2021, it changed to the act of introducing a vaccine. That's, this is a vaccination. The act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. And then on September the 21st, I guess the August one wasn't clear enough. They changed it to the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. Protection. So it went from immunity. So it went from prevent to produce immunity to produce protection. So a vaccine no longer has to. No longer protect us. No longer prevents. No, no longer prevents. No longer prevents and no longer gives us immunity. No longer gives us immunity, but it it provides protection. I wonder what word they're going to change next. Well, I don't know, but I have maybe freedom. But you know the hypocrisy of these this group of people. um, You know we wonder why doctors. You talk about doctors being afraid. I have something here from. This is the uh, American Board of Family Medicine. This is a letter, and it's two other groups, too. It's the American Board of Eternal Medicine and American Board of Pediatrics. They've published a letter that threatens doctors that don't follow the company CDC line with um, they're going to do something to them, maybe retract their certification or something, you know. Retract their hospital privileges. Hospital privileges. And then I have something from a site called Medical Express that talks about, yeah, doctors are allowed to use medications off-label because it says a third of the cancer drugs without proven clinical benefit continue to be recommended for patients. The hypocrisy of this group of people is amazing and that they're being shut down. And then you come locally. um, This comes from alaskapublic.org. The way they wrote up, the uh, Kenai Borough Assembly meeting that April Orth was at. Uh, hey, you know, 
she, she Let's talk sh- about their quote in there because oh. I think she should sue the faces off of those. She folks. should sue. You know, it's a, it's first of all, it says, you know, talks about ivermectin. And it's called a drug that's commonly used in the U.S. as a dewormer for animals and is sometimes used, sometimes used as an anti-parasitic drug in humans. And it was developed to cure river blindness in humans first, then roundworm yeah. in humans yeah. second, and then, yeah. oh, look, it also helps with swine flu. And, oh, oh, look, yeah. it's a, wow, this is yeah. a new wonder drug. And tell you what, it's working so well, we're going to give the creators of this yeah. a Nobel Peace in, Prize in, in medicine. In 2015, though. In medicine. In 2015. But, you know, you don't get the Nobel Peace Prize in medicine for inventing a horse dewormer. No, you don't. And then later on. I mean, the, I like yeah. horses as much as the next guy. No. But that doesn't quite hit the Nobel standard. You know, and then later on in the article, they quote her as saying she'd finished recovering, or April Orth had finished recovering from COVID with self-medicated ivermectin. It was, and it was not self-medicated. It was prescribed. prescribed. I know April personally. Yes, I do too. Her daughter is one of our chief baristas in the shop. She's a very close friend. She lives almost within a stone throw of my house. Mm -hmm. The second that I heard that she had COVID, I became very concerned. Mm -hmm. She was so sick that she was hospital bound. And she said, I'm preparing to die at home rather than go to the hospital because she feels that the hospitals don't have her best interests in mind. However, she was able to find a frontline doctor and was prescribed hydroxychloroquine, prescribed ivermectin prescribed a z-pack yeah and she said within two to three hours of taking that cocktail of preventative and and therapeutic drugs she was feeling better and by the next day it was a night and day difference and she never went to the hospital and she recovered very very quickly Mm -hmm. here's where we're at if you are supporting mandated vaccines you are a collaborator yes the blood of the dead mm-hmm. is on your hands. Mm-hmm. You are one of those German people um, we were out there in, in the 1940s mm-hmm. that said, I was just doing what I was told. Yeah, yeah well, you gassed people. Yeah. You burned them in ovens. Well, I was just following orders. Mm-hmm. Um, I I, I trusted the science. I trusted the government. I trusted the narrative. I trusted the dialogue. I trusted the propaganda, the press. We all did. Yeah. Don't hold me accountable. Well, I'll tell you what. Right now, if you are are so dogmatically political in your position over this vaccine, and you continue to carry the narrative forward that there is no other option or alternative to getting the jab— You are a collaborator, and the blood of the dead are on your hands. That means you, Governor Dunleavy, for you to continue to allow a chief medical officer in Anzinc Mm -hmm. to cherry-pick data from an Israeli study to prop up a lie when that same study contradicts the position you take and, and actually, Loretta has the Israeli study <laughs> in her never nicotine-steamed no. fingers. And it's actually, <laughs> and I like to, in, in case people think that I've got, I'm, I'm following a narrative, I'm not. This is from an organization called the Swiss Policy Research. It, it is, these are not American studies. It's not funded by George Soros. It's not funded by George Soros. <laughs> it's not funded by... Um, Bill Gates. Well, think, I, I can't think of an American that, they, that would be pro-ivermectin that right. you could demonize other than just the average person. Charlie Pierce. Charlie, well, maybe Charlie Pierce didn't fund this. Maybe but we, it, we, we, we could demonize know, Charlie. But it, it talks uh, about... Actually, that's what the Clarion yeah, does. Yeah. That's their job is to... Yeah, demonize. Is to spread the lie. Yeah. Oh, wait, the blood of the dead is, is on, on their there. hands too. But it, it's just, you know, the, Swi- the Israel, Israel has the highest infection rate in the world and it's mostly amongst... The vaccinated. They have the, the highest vaccination, vaccination rate, rate in the world, in the world. Too. And I think all we're trying to do, and all that Garrett with his medical uh, freedom things, we want, I just want the opportunity to be able to go to a doctor in my community and discuss with them what I want to have done. And just like they provide off-label medications that don't work for cancer, I want to have the same 
opportunity if I get COVID. Well, you know, this raises an interesting, I mean, we could, we could spin off on a total different direction and talk about cancer and the treatment of cancer. Mm-hmm because there are some very effective treatments for cancer. Recently, there was a a doctor from Mexico that came to our community and talked about his clinic in Mexico that treats cancer and uses uses things like hyperbaric chambers and ozone therapy and and a number of other things, uh, a lot of dietary um, supplementation and things to treat and cure cancer. Yet the AMA will not approve the use of ozone therapy, which has been accepted across Europe for 30, 40 years. Um, the AMA wants to keep Americans sick because sickness is big business and cancer is the biggest cash cow of them all. And, and so, so when we talk about, you know, well, the science is settled and we should just listen to the CDC and, and those people smarter than us realize they don't want us to be well. They don't want us to be healthy. Um, they are probably the most Orwellian agency in our country the medical establishment, if you look at the larger institution. Now, there are some very fine doctors, very fine nurses, the frontline workers. I believe they, many of them truly have our best interests in mind. But it's the institutions. It's almost kind of like, you know, laborers do a good job working hard, and then they get unionized, and then a whole bunch of power floats to the top to a few in the unions, and the laborers are all required to belong to the union, and then the union does evil things or takes positions that are uh, that contradictory to what those laborers want. Because power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And so we can look at our medical institutions and our governmental uh, institutions that control medicine and say, really? Really? Why are we putting so much trust in these institutions, which for generations have demonstrated an utter contempt for us. In 1976, this flying flu epidemic occurred. Uh, if you listen to One American News, they did a, they've done this a couple of times now. I think it's sort of in their circulation for the next couple of weeks, where they are re-airing a 60 Minutes investigative report on the CDC and how they rolled out the inoculation for the 1976 swine flu. Over 4,000 people ended up having adverse reactions to it. And many of them, what was the syndrome? I, I continually forget the name. The, oh, the Grays. Oh, Guillain-Barre. Guillain-Barre syndrome, which basically killed people or, or uh, totally um, paralyzed them. Mm-hmm. And the government did, if you look at how they rolled that shot out, it was almost identical to what they have done in this case. The only difference was we had a critical press with a modicum of decency and investigative interest that exposed the truth. And when they interviewed the person who was in charge of the CDC at the time that that was rolled out, they put document after document after document in front of them and said, did you authorize this? Did you authorize this? Did you do this? Did you? Well, here's, here's the proof. And he continually said, I don't remember. I don't remember. I might have, uh, but I, I don't remember. Well, 4,000 people sued the federal government. And there was one woman that, they, that, that had the syndrome that they interviewed. They were suing for $12 million because she lost, permanently lost functionality of her body. Would never be 100% again. And she was a perfectly healthy woman who went in and trusted the government and trusted the CDC and the settled science. And they talked about this. The science was settled. The entire medical institution, the whole machine agreed that this inoculation was, was, was necessary. And the ironic thing was they said, how many people died of the swine flu before you guys rolled this out? Well, we had some unconfirmed cases reported by the media, like yeah. three or four of them. Yeah. Were they in the United States? No, they were in other places, Australia and other places. So based on that little data, they rolled this, this vaccine out that they rushed to market that ended up harming a lot of people. And because the media was critical, they pulled it. But right now, the media is complicit. That means the blood is on your hands. If you are in the major media and you are carrying this narrative forward, when the pendulum swings, and it will, you will be held to account. I can't tell you what that looks like, but I know that the Nazis were held to account in a variety of ways. The Nuremberg trials were one of those ways, and they came out with the Nuremberg Code. You are in direct violation of the Nuremberg Code by promoting and being the propaganda arm 
for those who would exercise medical tyranny over our individual bodies. Yeah, and the Barrington Declaration, yes. uh, that has been a recent... Uh, th- uh, an update. Uh, update, yeah. So we have, what, how many thousands of uh, uh, scientists and then like a thousand attorneys that are on board with this oh. Barrington Declaration basically going to oh. sue these organizations, mm-hmm. uh, the CDC, I think of the WHO, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Uh, and and maybe, uh, maybe even the FDA. It's like no wonder we've lost trust in these institutions because when you look at history, it's it's just full of, of issues and problems and failures and incompetence, you know, and it's like... Okay, well, is it by design but, or is it by... But did you know that if you, know, you give somebody a failing grade in school, you're racist? Oh, God, let's not even go there. So, we're so, just, so no, but this, is, but this is important. You're racist <laughs> if you give them a failing no, grade. Well, why would they get a failing grade? Because they're not reading the history. Because they're not learning the material. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. As long as we can treat, teach you to be a, a obedient drone, mm-hmm. to follow rules... That's good enough. You don't need to excel because we will provide you with a basic uh, uh, living income. Oh, we'll just print some more yeah. money. Yeah, UBI, right? Yeah, we're going to print some more money. And you had some information about that today. You were talking about as far as uh, an economy, the, the economy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, Janet Yellen was just talking to recently about, um, and we know who Janet Yellen is. Yes. She's the uh, head of the uh, uh, Federal Reserve. Or no, is it Federal Reserve? Yeah, Federal so Reserve. she yeah. was mentioning that. If Congress does not act by October 1st, um, the, the, the U.S. could potentially have to default on its debt. Well, that sounds very familiar because, you know, I think not too long after the 2008 crash, we had to, you know, Congress was held hostage by this, this idea that if you don't pump trillions of dollars into the economy, we're going to collapse. You know what? And that, that may very well happen. You know, but yeah. So we got QE one, QE two, QA three. QE, QE for is, those who aren't paying attention is quantitative easing. is is a is a polite way for saying um, we're just going to print money and hope that you don't understand how economics really works and hope that you haven't read your history books about the Weimar Republic or what happened in Argentina uh, when they just Venezuela, I think too. Venezuela when when they just pumped more and more and more cash into a failing economy, right? And that's where we get the, the, the illustration of people literally running around with wheelbarrows full of cash. Right. Trying well, to get their stuff purchased. But by the time they arrived at the destination, the inflation was so rapidly growing at that point, the wheelbarrow wouldn't pay for it. Yeah. And more people are becoming aware of this. And the more people are starting to become uh, knowledgeable of the fact that the Federal Reserve is not even federal and that it's owned by uh, different individuals of uh, banking interests. You know, and that uh, they loan money to the government, and that's you know how how that whole cycle works. You know, but we are what part of the reason? How many trillions are we in debt? And the U.S. debt is like I don't know. Part of the reason why they're so resistive to the idea of cryptocurrency. Yeah, Yeah, no, they can't manipulate it. They can't control it. And I think it was Venezuela. No, Ecuador. Ecuador Ecuador. was has been the first country now to adopt. No, uh, not, not Ecuador. Yeah. El Salvador? El Salvador. El Salvador. Okay, El Salvador. So, think, yeah, this week. Yeah. This week. yeah, so El Salvador had just uh, declared, uh, the government actually said that, uh, uh, I don't know if it's Bitcoin specifically. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. They gave every citizen $30 of Bitcoin to kick it off. And, and it can be used now as legal tender in that country. Correct. Except Bitcoin, they lost $23 million. Bitcoin it's lost. rebound. It's yeah, rebound. Well, though. you know, you what, know. but it, it's fascinating to watch Bitcoin because I've been watching Bitcoin um, as back as far as 2015. I think 2014 was really when I was kind of on my radar when it was like, I don't know, like $400. Mm-hmm. A, a I was a miner and with two friends that's, mining Bitcoin, being data processors with a secondhand computer that had originally cost 25 grand. And we bought it for 5,000, ran it for three months made 4.9 coins in payment for all of our efforts. Back then it was trading for $300 a coin. If I had 4.9 coins in my possession today, <laughs> Man, um, just my imagine. let's just say the podcasting equipment would be nicer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of things would probably be nice. But yeah, but no, it's insane. Well, so Bitcoin is up like around 45,000 now or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It hit so it's it's been basically uh, bottoming around 40 and it hasn't really between it, 40 it and always, 50 now. It always has. It always so has. A, a, it has a. It's much more volatile in its yeah. cyclical cyclical yeah. changes. Yeah. But it always, it always survives. It always comes back, and it always plateaus at a higher level. And 
Bitcoin is designed to to perform like gold, mm. and 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 like gold, the Fed does not like private ownership of gold, mm-hmm. right? Because when you hold physical assets or you hold a currency or uh, exchange method that they cannot control, then they can't control you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know. That's why we have stable coins now, too, though. Stable coins help to alleviate that whole uh, insane amount of uh, peaking and things like that. So if a stable coins. coin gets sick, do you give it ivermectin? <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> I like yeah, that. Horses, stables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stable. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Anyway, um, you know, 9-11, opportunity to shout out to all of our friends and family who served or lost somebody in service. Uh, and um, just to remind folks that our friends and neighbors um, have not forgotten, and many of them have uh, a much deeper understanding for that day from a personal perspective and what it cost them. And uh, we need to continue to hold them in our thoughts and our prayers and support them and uh, love on them. But we do need to ask deeper questions of our government. 20 years later, we gave the Taliban 90 billion dollars worth of military equipment making them the 27th largest military in the world no no the sixth no i I heard today was the 27th i thought it was the sixth or seventh but somebody said it was the 27th largest Uh, military that's still pretty up there so uh they i do know they have more black hawk helicopters than australia now biden erased they took the amount they left behind Joe Biden's administration took behind, took off their websites, the DOD websites, uh-huh. what they left behind. So it doesn't surprise me. It went so, from so six to twenty-seven. So I'm looking at a headline here: Biden administration erased Afghan weapons reports from federal websites. So it doesn't surprise me. It went from six to twenty-seven. Well, well, it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't right? exist anymore. They're I mean, if you erase it from the internet, the the yeah. the, 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 date, the the truth doesn't exist. I mean, yeah. the the actual facts you can change them, and if you can't change the facts, you can redefine the meaning of the words behind the facts. Yes. yes. So, thank you everybody for joining us today. Um, Garrett's got a, a final word. We've gone a little bit long, uh, but that's okay because this is the podcast universe, and we do whatever we want. That's right. We can call it the hour of power, and we can <laughs> redefine what the hour means. I just want to encourage people to please go to ae911truth.org. This is, again, uh, there's uh, over 2,000 uh, architects and engineers that are outspoken about this, and it's all about the data. It's all about the science. Science is not settled on these buildings collapsing. Please be open-minded. I implore people to look at ae911truth.org. These are experts in their field. They're stating there's there's all kinds of information out there. Please, please do your research. Um, You know, the, the... the, the way that they went down did weren't, weren't wasn't just planes. It wasn't just planes that caused them to all. To so then out. the next question is, what else attacked us? We know that terrorism was part of it. That's confirmed. We do know that much. Mm-hmm. We do know that, that uh, al-Qaeda claimed responsibility. So we do know that. But is this one uh, instance of one of those... Uh, disasters that you use to the fullest benefit for grabbing more power for yourself Mm -hmm. we need to ask the questions and you know what happens is when we fall asleep and we don't do our job to hold our elected officials accountable when we just reelect the same people year after year after year because that's easier than dedicating some time and treasure and thought to looking at what they're doing and saying you know maybe we should have somebody else there when we just fall asleep at the switch and let government do what government does without oversight, this is what we get. And we have to ask the questions. We have to invest our time. We have to empower those around us. We have to identify the people who we think are the smartest people in our community who represent our interests. And we need to promote them, put them in office, and then support them once they're there. And then remind them who put them there. Because like it's it's been said, you know, power corrupts. Mm-hmm. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. And you can look at the people, the good people that we send to Juno and see their evolution, how they evolve over some of them it takes a little longer, but some of them are pretty quickly. They represent one thing in the community and and most of them, I believe, most of them go down there with an altruistic sense of service. Mm-hmm. Term limits. 
term limits. Right, mm -hmm. right. We should have citizen governance, not career politicians. Yeah. And um, so uh, this is a last warning uh, for this show to Governor Mike Dunleavy. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Step up or step out of the way. You've been listening to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club, Conservative Hour of Power, and Enlightenment Salon. Enlightenment Salon. The Enlightenment comes when you stick around after the show and talk with uh, Loretta and Garrett and Jason and whoever else is in the shop. Definitely want to be part of the, the, the next new Enlightenment for sure. Right. Mm. You know, because in order for a free society to stay free, it takes steadfast education uh, and uh, the ability and the uh, fortitude to go against those that mm. would... Uh, be your authority. Question authority. Yeah. You know, question, Always. question everything. Yeah, what happened to the hippies? <clears throat> what happened to they, the hippies? They, uh, for, they, became, they, got, they got the power, I guess. They got the power and they stopped. <laughs> now it's no longer popular to question authority because they, they have it. They moved to Wall Street right. and became billionaires, and that is absolute truth. They're part yeah. of the establishment now. All right, so maybe we can uh, pray for a hippie revival. And uh, they will reconnect with their roots and that strong sense of passion they had for the expression of liberty and freedom with and distrust of the government. With better hair, please. Yeah, better <laughs> hair and, and, and better hygiene. <laughs> yeah. And um, so maybe less acid. Uh, but uh, all right, guys, you've, uh, you've stuck out with us. Don't forget, come to Soldotna Creek Park, 2 p.m., on the 19th of September and join us raising our voices and marching peacefully to make our local leaders recognize that we're watching and we expect them to serve. Have a great week everybody. We'll see you next week here on the same uh, podcast channel with Mayor Charlie Pierce. Take care.